I feel triggered. <laughs> I feel I feel baited now. Well, you're the master, so. Oh, thank you. Welcome to episode 31 of the Disaster Dads. Thank you for joining us. We're happy to have you here today. Um, yes, this is episode two of season two. Uh, I guess if that's numerically important to you, enjoy. Uh, but no. The only important. person this is important to <laughs> is you. <laughs> hey, I'm my best audience. Uh, if you want to let me know how important this is to you as well, visit us on the internets at DisasterDads.com, on the Twitters at DisasterDads, on the Facebooks at DisasterDads. Because if we see that we have traffic on any of those sites, we may post some content. So just we try to do chicken and egg, and we haven't figured out which side to go on yet for this. So we'll keep giving it a go. Um, Continuing the trend of blaming our listeners for our lack of posting. <laughs> hey, I, I have trouble redirecting the anger. I don't know. I don't know. Um, and so we have the nearly full compliment. We've got uh, Rob, Dan. Robin, remember, Robin's part of our crew now, and Frank, and myself. Uh, the only person that's missing is Joe because family, whatever, whatever. Honestly, uh, we could have said Joe is here and no one would have. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, right. jo- Joe's, Joe's not here because this is the beard episode and he just couldn't pull it together. <laughs> yeah, he's been trying for years. We told him that this was going to be it and it just didn't work out. Also, Check Twitter. Uh, also... I really just want to point out to our listeners, and I'm going to try to get a picture of this to post it on the feed. Uh, every time that Rob talks, he puts his finger in his ear like he is some old-timey <laughs> radio operator. Uh, just coming in right now, everyone. I just want to let you know I have access to a microphone. So. <laughs> Good morning, disaster dads. Whoa, it's a hot one out there. I used to have that whole line memorized. I used to have that whole sequence memorized. Because uh, that was on uh, tape, and we listened to that in the car. That's the kind of road music I had. So, anyways. But none of you are joining us to listen about those tr- trials and tribulations. And so, um, uh, yeah. So that's what we have right now. All the housekeeping is done. Uh, Best this- episode yet. <laughs> um, and so to take it down a more serious uh, level, and a little less disaster daddies, um you know, this episode we wanted to have a, a kind of a conversation between all of the dads about um, how we would talk to our kids about a disaster or an incident, a terrorism incident specifically. Um, as this is this episode is being taped um, uh, just about a week after uh, the incident in Vegas, the terrorism incident in Vegas, and so um, to all those impacted, we are very sorry that this had to happen to you and. Um, I know that we can't change the minds of the world, but we hope that we can change the minds of enough people and uh, give us all some ideas and to talk to our kids and figure out how to deal with this because the world is crazy and, and uh, uh, you know, it sucks. <laughs> and so how do, we, how do we let our kids know that this isn't how it is every day and it gets better? So, uh, so we're, um, you know, we, don't, we have experts on the, the Disaster Dad panel today. Um, uh, we may be experts in our own mind, but we count uh, Frank and Robin as experts to us. There are experts on the Skype chat right now. No, they're shaking their heads. No, you are. You are. They, they just expert. learned they were experts. <laughs> Digging it deeper and deeper. Um, so they're gonna. We're gonna have a conversation with them about some of the resources that they have available and things that they've they've talked about and uh, anecdotally what some of us may do. Uh, I think. And ironically, I think uh, Robin and Frank are the only ones with kids old enough that they may actually have to have some of this conversation with. Um, mine only thinks TV is what Pandora is for and has no idea that there's actually like other things on there other than uh, Beauty and the Beast and the t- Pandora channel. So uh, she has not seen any of this or neither of them has seen any of this yet. So. So we'll have that conversation. Uh, can I jump in real quick on that? Yeah. Because we both have a kindergartner. Mm-hmm. Um, my kindergartner came home after the first week of school, really excited to tell me about a drill that they did mm-hmm. at school. And about 20 seconds into her 
describing it, I realized it was an active shooter drill. Jesus. And she thought it was just like the coolest thing ever, uh, where they clearly hadn't really completely talked about what this was preparing for. But it was like, we all get quiet and hide in the corner of the classroom, and we put a piece of black paper over the window um, to the hallway, and da 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 and sort of going through the whole uh, process. Uh, and isn't that cool, Dad? Well, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> kind of. Yeah, we, we had the same thing. And, you know, they, the kids talk to you about of what they do, and they go <laughs> to this corner, and like Dan said, they pull the drape over. And like then you have to turn to your kid and tell them, like, well, that's if someone – and you're trying to explain this with a lump in your throat that yes, that's if you, if someone who's not supposed to be in the school is in there, this is what you do. And then you got to go into, well, who's not supposed to be in the school. And you're trying to find examples of how to convey this of like, well, police officers can be in the school. Firefighters can be in the school. Uh, can, can the guy who runs the local restaurant be in the school? Well, no, but it, it's, it was, it was heavy in in our kitchen. I'll tell you that. Yeah, wait, so mm-hmm. stuff. So that's a first week thing. Like you've already done it too, Rob. That that was easily week mm-hmm. one or week two. Of that. Yeah, week yeah, one or week two. Down. I mean, yeah, it was, that was right it away. Was early. That, that, jump was, right that in. was before the fire drill. That, yes. that's mm-hmm. where this has gone to. So, because we are who we are, do we try to get more into it, or are? And or should we and should we not like do the schools have it right? Like do, I'm Frank. Do the schools like talk to the kids and tell them why they have to do it? Are they really just here's here's what we do and this is what we, you know we have to do this kind of thing, but not really get into the why? And do we make things worse because we are who we are and we want to kind of give a little more backstory? I do not want to give any more backstory. Yeah. No. So the the older kids know what these drills are for. Right. The younger kids the younger kids don't. Uh, they don't understand, and the schools just do them. They say we have these are the drills we have to do. Um, we just want to practice, and, and they don't really go into it, especially from the younger grades, the kindergarten, first, second graders. They they don't go into it. Um, yeah. It's just and something it, it they have to like, do. It seems like it seems like our elementary school did a good job of giving the kids just enough information so that they had they knew what they were doing at a basic level, but yeah, not getting into the well, this is in case a well, crazy yeah. person with a gun starts walking through the school, you know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, know. my son came home with the same kind of, uh, I, I guess, excitement is the way to explain it. Like they had the lockdown drill, yeah. they had the how to mm-hmm. how to evacuate a bus drill and the fire drill. Like it was all the same status as how he came home and explained it. But you know, then you get into then. Of course, my son being the inquisitive one and wants to know why things happen and why we're doing it this way, then you got to explain yeah. this to, like I said, the the people who aren't supposed to be in your school. Or, yeah, why, why you have to go out the back door of the bus or the fire drill, that type of thing. So. Well, and Rob, I assume since it's also, since he's your son, he also then afterwards went back and had some fairly sharp words for the instructors <laughs> on how they could do it better next year. Yeah, and he might have had a line. They didn't have the handouts people. ready at the beginning of class. God damn it. You know, constructive things like that. Yeah. He, he definitely points. found some better ways to do something. <laughs> There's no no PowerPoint yet, but, you know, we're, we're yeah. aiming for second grade for that one. Yeah. Well, he's, he's, a, PowerPoint. he's drawn it out on crayon. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't realize that it happened so soon, I guess. Oh, yeah. Is it, oh, no, they yeah. – is that the school's choice, or is there like a, a Commonwealth law or, or something like that? The the Commonwealth requires uh, schools to do certain drills um, at certain times of the year, um, and you have to do a sequence of them and report them back to the state. I don't know how they do it in Texas, Robin, but um, in Virginia, you start right off the first week of school. Yeah, same, yeah, same thing in Texas where it's you know within the first several days, they've got to do the fire drill, they've got to do... The and you know I can't remember what they call it here. It's you know it's obviously not an active shooter drill, but it's like an intruder drill. Um, you know a lock a lockdown lockdown drill. lockdown drills. Yeah, is what, what my is. son's school yeah. calls it. Yeah, well, I mean, I'm sure that they're right. There's going to be legal requirements, but then 
every school district has a general counsel that is looking at this also from a liability perspective. Mm-hmm. Yes. And they're going to want these folks to get get those things done, AQAP, yep. so they can report that. And that, part of me just thinks about this generation of kids. Like, we didn't have – I didn't have lockdown drills as a kid or anything like no. that. No, none trying, of us here did. Yeah, I'm trying to think about this generation of kids now that's coming out. And I'm trying to think of – like like the Navy Yard shooting or something like this will be a generation of kids that are understanding of lockdown, like how to deal with this. I mean, does that kind of stuff cross your mind too? Like, you know, they'll know how to better deal with the situation when they become adults and get in the workplace because our, no one other than, the, you know, the news channels are really informing our right. generation how to deal with this kind of stuff. I know that, you know, my employers you know, have I, never dealt with it. I don't know if they will, honestly, because – the, the way the media handles it and what's on TV 24 seven and then social media gets in there and talks, you know, talks about it and what their friends are talking about it and where they're finding out information from. And, you know, we, I know we all have what are, you know, even though I have older kids being a, a fifth and a third grader, my kids and Frank's kids are still relatively young compared when you when you're looking at how long that they're with you and the household yeah. that you're, you know, parenting them. Um, before they really start getting into their own social media networks and their friends and things like that, mm-hmm. you know, they're bombarded 24 seven with media feeds that we didn't have to deal with. You know, I, yeah, we had, you know, we were the, we were the first generation that had cable when we were little. Um, and, and even then like, Fancy. Well, you know, we had three channels and you had to get up and change it. But eventually when we were around like, what, seven, you're, you're like the same age as me, Eric. Shut up. <laughs> um, you know, there it, it's just there's so many media streams that I think it's that inability to verify that there, there's no common. There, there's no story anymore. There's no like this is actually what happened. It's now, well, here's what I think what ha- is what happened. And what I think is what happened is just as good as what you think is what happened. Right. Mm-hmm. Here's what I feel is the truth. Right. But, <laughs> the truth but yeah. Well, and where, the other thing- where this, where this plot is going is, is you have the social media aspect, but also we have just the events itself of, mm. you know, yeah, you look back at when we were in grade school, the active shooter thing. And I hate to call it that, but like the, I don't know what else to call it, but that wasn't. wasn't there. That wasn't. Uh, prevalent, yeah, prevalent, that wasn't prevalent. there. Yeah, it wasn't the, the there. worst. Wasn't... Well, yeah, and, and I mean to, to even get even broader about it, I mean, our kids. You I mean yeah? Even Robin's kids will have never lived in a pre nine eleven world. Now you get pre nine eleven, but then as far as the active pre, shooter thing goes, pre like you have to think pre, back. Pre Newtown line is All right, but I, but I'm but I, I understand that. But I'm also I'm just thinking like in terms of overall worldview and sort of the role of security in our daily lives. Yeah. Like both of my kids, even my oldest was born more than ten years after nine eleven, so. She, you know, she wasn't even alive for like the transitional period right. from like event through like those first couple of years when everything was going crazy and suddenly we couldn't bring liquids on planes and blah, 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 you know, and that was such a transforming period for those of us that lived through it. Yeah. And they're going to read about, well, they won't read about it in a history book. They'll read about it on an app or some bullshit. But um <laughs> You know, they'll... Uh, That's approved by the Texas Board of Education. Just remember that. Yeah, yeah, they'll... Yeah, so they'll... Read, Didn't happen. Yeah, so, yeah. <laughs> Texas Board of Education. Explain how Moses helped defend against 9-11. Anyway. David Bowie uh, pulled out his knife. Um, but anyway, uh, you know, I, I just... I think about that. <laughs> and, and, yeah. And how how different their worldview is, um, because in my mind we're still uh, in like an elevated state, right? We because uh, we the, I remember what it was like pre nine eleven. I remember what airports were like pre nine eleven. It was it was a free game. It was it was a circus. It was a casino. The the pre nine eleven pre Columbine is yeah 
it's an entirely different world from what we're at now, depending on what kind of catastrophe disaster you want to talk about. Right. Well, we know yeah, when we were growing up. Was Columbine 97? Is that right? 99. 99. 99. Yeah, because okay. yeah, I was in college. Yeah, me too. Growing up, looking back, looking, back at, looking back at my childhood, really the only disaster that I can remember vividly. Was Halloween 87. Sorry. Oh. <laughs> was <laughs> the Challenger exploding. Yeah. We were watching yeah. that live in classroom yeah. when, yep. when it exploded. Yeah. Now, nowadays, it's one thing after another after another. And you got to wonder if, if kids are going to get to the point where they get desensitized oh, to it. We're there. They, they already there. have. We're there. What? There, I mean, given how many, like, right, we can sit there and go, you know, our parents can look at, oh, they, they knew when Kennedy happened. Our generation is when the Challenger happened and when 9-11 was. I remember Columbine very well as well. And, and I remember Columbine as yeah. well, too. And, and I mean, I Waco, Texas. We can go. Ooh, yeah. That's all kinds movie. of wake, wacky stuff I remember. Um, but that's becoming a movie, by the way. Yeah, but the generation now is like it. It's almost. I would almost say it's challenging as to what they do remember because of everything that's happened between Newtown and Vegas, and just rattle it off. And what's the what's the pinnacle of what? the next generation remembers that we talk about. I mean, I don't, I don't know what it is Uh, on a side tangent. Have things, why have things gotten crazier? Is there like more in the water these days or in the air? I mean, I know we can't actually 24 hour news media. No, I don't think that things are actually crazier. I think that it's the media environment. It's social media. It's the ability to get information out and, the market forces at play in the media that require sensationalism for them to remain yeah. relevant in the market. It, it's yeah, I, I agree. It's a social media thing of why it's all happening or, or how it's tracked that it's happening, but the, the why it's happening and there's multiple articles yeah. of the common denominator of who these, I'm just going to say it, it's, the, the angry white oh, guys who are shooting people. Why? Yeah. Why is that all of a sudden happening? Is there a but, baby boomer trend? Is there is there a forty something trend that that we're not following? It's. But you're, there, there are so many tangents. But now, yeah, but now we're running down, record, but now we're running down the street of socio socioeconomic status and there are so many places you can go. With it, That's a whole other podcast. Yeah, I, I yeah. just want to say for the record. That whenever anybody on this podcast says, I'm just going to say it, I my <laughs> breath catches in my chest. I write down you, Yeah, here it comes. I write yeah, down those Eric minutes just to make sure. Yeah. 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 <laughs> just in case. But I mean for, I have to for say for the listeners, we are we are well, there, there's normally six of us. We are we are six very comfortable guys who can speak what we want to each other and you just happen to be listening. <laughs> and we also have to be drinking heavily and I've run out of bourbon. But I'd have to say, like, it's not necessarily a new thing, but I mean, I think it's Uh more than just regional thing. I don't know. Because, like, I had Ruby Ridge in my neighborhood growing up, and I had, um, you know, so that's crazy white dude that got caught in the woods. uh, That was pre Waco, right? Yeah, yeah. So that's yeah. what, that's that what sort of Waco. informed a lot of the response at Waco, right? Well, it informed the response at Waco and then the Montana Freeman and Jordan Montana. Those guys, they decided not to push in on the uh, on the compound there because of what they did at Ruby Ridge and then what happened at Waco. So yeah. They, I had a friend who made his summer job just feeding the FBI agents and the ATF agents outside of Jordan, Montana because it's left of nowhere and 500 miles farther. And so that was, I mean, so they just kind of hold them off and did that. But then you had um, uh, the crazy dudes in Oregon. I mean, so crazy. But, but let's, think, around, let's but. think about the difference between Ruby Ridge and between yeah. Vegas. Yeah. yeah. So how many, how many news outlets were covering Ruby Ridge? I mean, mm-hmm. how many, how many well, were 24 seven live that's covering that information. How many were, how many people were doing Facebook live from Ruby Ridge? How many people were, you know, 
it's all these things of, of all these different ways of communicating, which are great because they connect us as a society, but then it's just, it bombards you. It's just the information is just everywhere and not all of it is, is correct information. A majority um, of it is wrong. You know, looking over at yeah. Frank PIO, I mean, I saw, you know, one of the things that you were complaining about the other day was the dude that made the fake social media account to, to talk about <laughs> snow days. You know, yeah, for snow days. I'm sorry, but that's freaking hilarious. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm mad. I didn't think of that. Yeah. I'm, I've am i already created three fake Franks on Twitter. <laughs> oh, great. Oh, my God. That and one so of them great. Is, and one of them is filthy. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Did you do the asterisk next to his name so it looks yeah, exactly. like it's verified, but it's not like, really? Yeah, exactly. exactly. Um, oh, I have but, to do more tonight. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I mean, I, yeah, I the I think as a society we need to the like you said, Robin. The connectedness part is great. Like it's it's wonderful that we're connected. There's so much that can come with that. There's a whole lot of shit that comes with it as well. And so I think in times of stress and in times of of challenges or whatever, people need to take a step back and just, I don't know, try to take it all in, but then, you know, what is it? Trust but verify. Like, figure some of this shit well, yeah. out. And you can't just keep talking well, here, about fucking a, hashtag fake well, news. Well, here, so, so here's a question. Let me jump in real quick. So there's one thing that... We, people need to think about now that they didn't have to think about pre the inf- the internet age is the idea of media literacy, where there are now so many outlets where you can theoretically get information that may or may not have any standards whatsoever for disseminating information. And it always becomes a lot clearer around major news events like Vegas or elections or hurricanes where you see all of these theoretical sources of information come up that are total garbage. And there's a lot of people that don't seem to have the ability to discern between accurate information and total nonsense. And when we did our Houston episode, um, you know, we got into a lot of that with uh, with Robin's buddy, whose name is now jumping out of my head. Well, Michael it's not Walter. like you called him like, right. the right name yeah, the whole episode. On, anyways. Yeah, I was about to say, you called him Mark to begin with. So. Yeah, Mark and so everything when, but Michael. Right. <laughs> right. So when Marcus was on and he was talking about it, <laughs> right. he I think that uh, he made some really good points about that, about how much t- time they had to spend responding to total crap that was being distributed um, sometimes with malicious intent, sometimes just because people are idiots um, to steal a line from Rob. Uh, And that is, that's something that is a lot easier to do. I mean, easier to do in terms of putting out bad information to a lot of people than, uh, Earlier And so, you know, I think that um, when Moshe was on, on that (laughs) episode, (laughs) talking about this, that that was that's a real factor. Well, the thing about this, how many of y'all would y'all were younger remember, you know, living in your parents' house and and, while drink Eric is drinking paint thinner, I think, um, like coming home in the evening and like the news was on. Uh Yep. 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 How many of y'all now would have the news on while you're in? <laughs> well, I grew up in New England, so if we said y'all, we would get beaten. Right. But, uh, so, but yes, that is very true. No, yeah. I mean, I, mean, I don't, but, it's, but now, I don't now, even, have, wait, I don't even now, have TV now. I'm going to take this well, a different direction. You know, it's, because, it's, yeah, mm-hmm. we don't have TV. A lot of us are all cut off. A lot of us cut the, cut the cord. We don't have regular cable TV, satellite, whatever. A lot of it is Netflix... Hulu, we, you know, my wife and I get our news from the AP News app or Twitter, Facebook, what have you. In fact, Why not just get a digital antenna? We have one on two TVs. We get all the local stations. We, well, we, we do have, have that, but we don't on. watch – I don't – I never really watched the news to start with. Like the 6 o'clock news was not a thing to me. Um, 
Yeah. And a lot of it now is my wife and I will will see something, we'll, we'll catch a headline on Facebook or Twitter, and then we have to go to AP, Reuters, whatever, to verify it and go from there. And, you know, we're not sharing our phones with our kids, and we don't have the regular news on. Um, the, the biggest, even when I was growing up, I don't remember the 6 o'clock news being a big pinpoint in my house. One, because my dad worked late, and he wasn't coming to watch the news. Forget that, you know. Um yeah. The, the one news story I remember coming home and was like, my parents like, you got to watch this was when OJ was running in the mid 90s. <laughs> and that that wasn't news. That was entertainment. I'm waiting you know, for the repeat, by the way. He's now. In oh, Florida. well, OK. First off, the repeat is on Netflix. I watched the document. I watched the series and I was like, oh. why am I watching this? I saw it live. <laughs> um, True. It was. Well <clears throat> but even then, like the. You know, the, the 6 o'clock, 11 o'clock news wasn't a big deal in my house. And, and so now you got me wondering as to how I got my news when I was younger and yeah. outside of the paper and whatnot. Well, again, so, I think it's a I think it's a generational demographic thing. Um, my mom's my mom misses the uh, the news live. So she DVRs it and will still catch the like major three network news. So. <laughs> Later, though, but not at six o'clock. So back to the caller and tell her what the lottery numbers are going to be. <laughs> right. I should. Sorry, mom. Sorry, mom. I know you're one of our six listeners, and I don't mean to throw you under the bus, but I do still think that's funny. And I'm the only person that follows her on Twitter, and I love it when she retweets things because it's funny. It's just to me. I thought we were all supposed to start following her. I forgot to do that, by the way. Uh, she I'll locked her account for some reason. I think because oh. random people started to follow her. I don't think she knew what they were. <laughs> random people, meaning us. Well, Good going, man. So I, I, I bet it was Joe when he started yelling at her about something. <laughs> she was doing some stuff with pediatric cancer. Oh, uh, so you probably hate her on her. That's the red line for Lowry. for Lowry. Leave it in. <laughs> yeah, That's the red knows. line for Joe. We know that. In. <laughs> I missed that one because I forgot to write that. Because <laughs> you're drinking rubbing alcohol? <sighs> no, Basically. I switched it out. I'm just going to finish this bottle and drink it from the bottle. You know, people <laughs> drink whiskey from a bottle. That's just it's dangerous. Um, but What do you got, three yes. X's on there? Yeah, um, four. The... Um, <laughs> The side text message stream has reminded us that we have gone a little bit off tangent on how to talk to our children. So A little bit? Um, yeah, a little bit. <laughs> so we're going to circle back just a little bit uh, so we know that. <laughs> but this is why you join us, because it's highly entertaining. It actually is sort of useful, productive. I don't know. I think it is. Uh, I'm biased. Dan, you don't think anything is useful because you wear your newsy hat and you just want to hawk <laughs> newspapers on the corner. So, uh, oh, he's taking it off. This is my, oh. this is my free Tom Brady hat. Yeah, well, just because it's made out of deflated footballs doesn't mean you should be wearing it. <laughs> oh, but ooh, ooh. on that it's note, fight time tonight. Now, <laughs> good God, um, take away Grandpa's cough medicine from Eric's house, and suddenly he gets ornery. Uh, can't believe Did that thing comes with a uh, free avocado ice cream. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, um, how's JJ doing? Not, not good. Not, not, not good. good <laughs> not good. <laughs> you know. How many cars do they need to take good. all of his body parts off the uh, Best field? medical center in the world? Well, yeah, cause he fundraises for it. So it was mm-hmm. good. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so to get back a little bit on track, uh, we have talked about the drills and stuff that the kids are doing much younger than I. Mm. I know that they did. I intrinsically knew that it happened, and I know that it happens at my girls' preschool, but it's still my brain doesn't want to process that, that it happens. But So I know that it's there. But So from Frank's perspective, like you do these trainings and for the kids. What kind of information do you provide to the parents possibly? Is there anything that goes out to the parents? Yeah, so a couple of things. Um, and and um, one of the things that I realize as a parent is my kids are like sponges, and they um, absorb a lot. After, um, a few, so, after a few months, they start to smell bad. Oh, <laughs> yes, that too. So real quick before Just I get into some of these, um, I get pulled aside by my youngest teacher the other day, and she goes, does, does, does 
does Ethan watch the news? And I'm like, uh, he might hear it while we're, you know, eating dinner or something like that. Why? Because he's going around telling the kids that North Korea are bad people and have missiles aimed at us. Damn straight, he's not wrong. So, okay, so he's right. So <laughs> yeah, he's right. And that's why I said, well, he's not wrong. And she goes, Somebody yeah, get that kid a congressional seat, for Christ's sake. <laughs> yeah, right. She's like, uh, they're not he's wrong. An, he's an advisor for defense now. <laughs> you know, yeah. and she goes, they're four-year-olds. They don't need to be hearing that sort of stuff. So you got to watch. That's one thing I got to watch now is they're, you know, they're they're absorbing anything they hear. Even if they could be just running through the room, they pick up on something. But yeah. um, the last year and a half, we've we've sent out uh, messages to parents multiple times after incidents, whether they're overseas uh, in France or in England, um, just on how to talk to your kids, what resources are available. Um, and, and Rob knows this because, you know, his wife being a, a um, psychologist in schools or social worker, school um, counselor, school counselor they're always available to talk to kids. So if, if you're struggling, one of the best things that you can do is go to your school's counselor, psychologist, social worker, and just talk to them and see if they can give you some, some advice, um, some pointers on how to talk to your kids. But some of the things that in messages that we've sent out is, you know, go, um, the national association of school psychologists has, um, robust information on their website. The American Academy of Child and Adolescent Psychiatry um, also has stuff. But those are for the older kids who kind of understand more. But for the younger kids, there are several different things. And we were talking about this before we started the the episode tonight. Um, The Red Cross has um, a partnership with um, Disney and Mickey Mouse. And there's there's stuff that they talk about and it's not necessarily talking about shootings and terrorist activities this is also talking about natural disasters um floods tornadoes hurricanes earthquakes things like that so there are things out there not only for older kids but for younger kids fema has uh, fema for kids i think their tagline is something like being a hero is fun know the facts so there's stuff out there um, and we send those out to parents, I can't, I think probably like 12 times over the last year and a half. Um, so they're check with your school cause they do have this information that they can share, um, with you to help it make it easier to talk to your kids. Nice. No. And I think that's important. I think, you know, a, a tangentially we touched upon it, you know, it's a new generation that it's not, you know, we didn't go through any of this, but so I think it's important for the parents to have the same information the kids have, so they know what the kids are going through at home, well, and they can have those discussions and understand it when they get those questions asked. Because, and when we talk about what happened last week in Las Vegas, my oldest kind of heard a little bit about it, but we we tried to push it off and turn off, change the channel, and not talk about it. I took him to Game One of the uh, NLDS on Friday night. And both Bryce Harper and Chris Bryant of um, the Cubs and the Nets um, are both from Las Vegas. So they did this video PSA beforehand, and then they did. Um, a, Johnny, how about a beer? Uh, you know, like su- supporting the people of Las Vegas and thinking about them and offering their thoughts and stuff like that. And then they did a moment of silence. And after that happened, and we sat down after the national anthem, he's like, What was that all about? And I don't think a baseball park is probably the best place to talk to him about it. So I kind of did the, you know, the, the awkward father thing. And I said, we'll talk about that later. We'll talk about that later. Let's focus on here. Let's talk about how to score a baseball game. And you want to know about sex? Oh yeah. Let's go in there. So actually, Frank, I'm going to argue on that one because. All right. Maybe it's just me, but I think here we go. Now, I think a baseball stadium or a baseball game is one of the best times to talk about that. Like, because there's so much you, dead you time. Ca- you kind of got half a dis- there's dead time. You got half a distraction. <laughs> um, it, it's it's was it just you and your son and, and one yeah. son? I mean, that's yeah. that's perfect. You know, in between innings, you, you you got time to stretch it out. There, I can't tell you the amount of conversations I have with my dad that were monumental to me at either a baseball game, a hockey game, the cab of his pickup truck, whatever. It's just you kind of 
laid out and you know there's no pressure it's just it's just there and you're free to bat around whatever it is is on your mind uh, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm not, not gonna look, i'm not i'm gonna no i'm gonna play mediator here on this one no because no, oh, i want to bat around what's on I your mind I, i'm not trying to say frank is wrong i'm just saying like you're just saying it's and, no, and you're and you're probably and you're probably right. I just for me at that point, I just I didn't want to. I, I wanted to, I wanted to focus on the game. And oh, no, he was, was so excited. Well, he was so excited so Frank, to be there. Frank, how old how old is your son? Seven. Seven. Okay. So part uh, part of it's going to depend on, and this is actually the 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 person that I was trying to get on for today. Um, what is a child life specialist. And one of the things that we, we did a presentation on was, you know, understanding how different events impact uh, kids based upon how old they are. And part of it also is knowing your kid too. Um, I know mine, you know, mine at 10, um, even going back a couple of years to when he was seven, um, he's a little bit more, you know, just knowing my kid, he's a little more high anxiety. He's, he's very literal with things. So I probably wouldn't have picked that opportunity to um, talk about that because if I had to try to explain what would go, you know, what what happened or things. You, you had to kind of couch what the details are and everything, because if I had told him, well, is it, you know, something that happened at a public setting and now he realizes, hey, I'm in a public setting. The yeah. anxiety kicks in. Yeah. We, we've had these things before about when we talk about what were, you know, the, the tornado warnings. Every time, you know, when we're we're going through Harvey, every time a tornado warning was coming through Houston, you know, Houston being larger than some states, you know, the tornado warning wasn't always impacting us. But you could see the panic in his eyes of I don't know what's going on. This is, yeah. you know, the, how is this going to impact me? And a lot of it's going to depend on not only just their their developmental stage, but their maturity with that as well. Um, so well, it's, it's part of it. It's, it's knowing your kid. You can't just assume, well, well, all third graders are supposed to know this. My kid's in third grade. So I'm going to go tell them this. It's knowing how, how are they actually going to react to it? No, that's important. That's an, uh, that's an important that's, thing to. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm not, you, I'm not saying, Frank, I'm your not kid. saying you're wrong for not talking to your kid about that point, but you know, based on your personality and the, and the, the time setting and whatnot, like you, you got to play it as you go. Right. Yeah. I get that. And when are you not at a baseball game? I mean, come on, Frank. You're always there. <laughs> the only games yeah, you can't right. make it and to that, are the World Series games because, you know, you're a Nats fan. And, and that is a good, that is a good oh. time to talk about anything unless you're watching Field of Dreams and go from there. Yeah. But so so you do that. So, But that leads into – that's that's kind of led into another part where – you need Please to tell me what that leads into. I'm no. dying to hear. <laughs> knowing, <laughs> not, knowing your kid, knowing the kind of how your yes. kid's going to react to things, how that's going to go. That's a very important something. That's a very important something. That's a very important issue that shouldn't be overlooked. Like as you're getting information as an adult, as a parent, you're having to process it too for the first time. So none of us have dealt with uh, a tragedy to the scale and level of of Las Vegas. I mean, you know, we haven't had to read about it, you know, in our lifetimes and, and what's gone on there. And so we're trying to process that. We're trying to understand what's going on. Knowing your kid, what kind of stuff do you want to share with them? Where do you want to go with them? How much do you want to involve them in your, I mean, my personal opinion, I think I should have a little more understanding personally before I'd start to have a conversation with my kid about it. But some people may want to, you know, have that conversation with the kid before they fully have everything formed from them. So it really just depends on the on the kid you have and and their personality, I'd say. But that's just me. Well, one of the so part of when I thought, you know, we we're talking about the the expert stuff that I've done. Um, we did a we did a drill a couple of years ago with a high school and a junior high. Um where they wanted to simulate a uh, improvised explosive device, they, and they wanted to do the decon. They did all that stuff. Um, they school? transported these kids. They train, yeah, out of school. Um, they train. This was a, they were they were doing some renovations, so they had shell space going. It was during I think spring break. Um, they brought the kids over to one of our campuses to do decon, and we we're like, okay, if you're bringing them over, can we have somebody sit down? Um, and talk with them about their experience and kind of get it from their perspective. Yeah. 
And it was interesting because these were these were high school freshmen and sophomores. They were ROTC students, so they're already used to kind <laughs> of, you know, I don't want to say disaster, but but you know, but they've got they've got some, not your typical high school students. But what was interesting is you get them into that environment where we actually had them come through in bathing suits, washed them down. They were in walking through the decon thing, and we sat down and started talking about okay, how would you deal with this event, an IED at your school, and all these plans that we had made at the hospital that my counterpart over from the local independent school district had made all were crap because we had this, Oh, we're going to, this is how we're going to do parent reunification. And this is how we're going to do this. And every single one of these kids was like, you know what? As soon as that thing went off, I'm not sticking around (laughs) to wait to go get on a bus to get driven over to an auditorium and things like that. I'm calling my friends. Every, every one of these kids, as we start talking about older kids now, I know most of, you know, all of us still have, you know, relatively younger kids that have access to phones or to have access to friends that have vehicles. They were all bugging out. Uber and Lyft. Uber, Lyft. You know, if you still got Yellow Cab and wherever you live, they're hailing one of those. And I think Um, in some states, kids are still allowed to walk places. I I think that's possible. It's very smaller. You're more likely to Uber than you are to walk. (laughs) Yeah. But... I mean, all these plans that we always think as as the adults, the officials, the authorities, whatever it is that we do, the the you know, we put them together and then all falls apart because you don't know how the individual human behavior is going to act. And all these kids said, "I would be out of here. I'd be gone. You wouldn't find me. I'd run. I'd find a way to get myself out of this situation." So his mom and dad or aunt or whoever it is is supposed to come pick him up is going to be going, "Where the hell are you?" Um, and because from the they're, school's they're perspective, yeah. From the school's perspective, that's terrifying because now you get out, you don't know where a student is. Mm-hmm. You've, now people are going, you lost track of a student. You lost track of my kid. You know, and, and if cell phone is spot, cell phone's coverage is spotty because of whatever incident happened yeah. um, and there's just an overload of the system, that's pretty terrifying for the school system because they're like – and then the media gets involved and it's a whole – it opens a whole can of worms. Thing. Part check on Miss Smith's homeroom class. I have seven of <laughs> thirty. Yeah. Yeah. No, so I think we've gotten into some interesting concepts for like school stuff and and being an aware parent and being an active parent when it comes to that kind of stuff, and then <clears throat> really knowing where your kid is and and emotionally and where they are like ready for this information. I think those are all important keys. We really didn't get into a lot of the other pieces, um, but I think a lot of that, I th- I think it's important for you as a, as a parent to get into that on your own and to really read some of the information. So we'll put in the show notes um, some really great information from Red Cross, um, some stuff from the FEMA Kids uh, information, you know, the Red Cross uh, and their partnership with Disney and the um, – uh, what was the, the Disney uh, pillow prep program or whatever the pill uh, pillowcase preparedness program? That's way too many peas with this much bourbon. Um, <laughs> and so, you know, read in, read up on that information. I think that's going to be good to as a good baseline for everyone to kind of start having a conversation with their kids when they need to, um, when they get older or if they're younger, if something happens and they have questions, I think you should be prepared be prepared to kind of happily walk them through it. So, my thoughts. Um, uh, unless any of the other dads have anything to add on that, there's one last thing we wanted to get into um, locally, uh, and this is nothing to do with any of the other stuff, but it's just something that blew up our tech stream today, and so uh, this is just a little bit easier to get into. The um, the Army 10 miler ran today in the Northern Virginia DC area, and um, at 10:08 in the morning, it was changed from a 10 miler into a fun run. It was also changed into a 10K, according to Eric, by the, in the text. Uh, hey, yeah. Like I told you, 10K, 10 mile, 10 block, 10 too much. That's that's way too much. Uh, yeah, the, the, uh, the starting gun went off at 8, 8 o'clock in the morning was the uh, first first wave to start. And as, as of 10 o'clock, it was turned into uh, a fun run that they were going to stop tracking people and just come on in as you were. It was by about 9.30 this morning in our area it was what 80 to 85 with very serious humidity. it was with pretty fog. thick humidity yeah yeah i mean it, it was, was serious humidity i mean it felt yeah. like june or july 
in DC. I may argue it was worse than some of our summer days. Just I don't know if uh, it may not I don't know if it'd be worse was than some of our summer it, days, but it was up there. That's something you expect Weaklings. in uh, October, <laughs> right? But right. So. And, it, and as as far as this race goes, with the ten mile, I mean, unless you were you were born to run and you knew what you were doing and you've done this before, then by ten o'clock you were probably finished. But for all those, I mean, and to the credit for everybody who runs this, you know, at 10 o'clock, that's fine. You, you finished. I credit you with that. But, yeah, it was pretty swampy and ugly. And I think there was easily 30-plus transports to the hospital that were going. Oh, um, more than that. Or 10. They had to call in the bus. Yeah. So I thought the, I thought the, I thought the bus was already there. No, they had to no, dispatch oh, the MAB. Oh, okay. They had so, to own out for the MAB. Yeah, so the the nickel version, and we'll go a little bit more into this, just because I think all of us have staffed the Army 10-miler at some point. I know I've done it multiple years. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's there's a staff there. It's it's not as big as the Marine Corps Marathon, but it's big. I mean, it's 20,000? Yeah. Probably, probably 20 units, yeah. plus you got the golf carts. Yeah, I mean... There's so easily... How many people run it? Oh, thousands uh, and thousands. Yeah, shy of twenty. Yeah, I thought it was up around twenty the last time I covered it. I'm guessing like twenty thousand people run it. So it's a ten miler, cuts through. It's I mean it's a cool, it's a great race. It's normally a great course. It's normally a nice. It's also a qualifier race, I think, for some of the bigger marathons and stuff. So it's a high, it's it's a you know a notable event for the running community. It it starts and ends at the Pentagon, runs through downtown DC, around the mall, up by the Kennedy Center. Um, it, it's amazing. The, the, the course is fun. Um, I think I'm, me and Robin are the only runners on here uh, hey, to, to hey. say anything it's fun about it. Don't make judgments. <laughs> don't sell me out without me. I mean, he ain't lying, but... <laughs> but so, so around, you know, the, the medical, from what we can gather, because none of us were actually working there, but uh, working the, the um, race this year, but it got so bad that there was discussion about rejiggering how the course was run because there were they too many hills. So they actually did. Do oh, that. they did. They yeah. rerouted on the fly. Oh my god! <laughs> so yeah, so rerouting of the course. Uh, they changed it into a fun run, which I don't know what that gets you because again, <clears throat> I've run maybe maybe ten miles my whole adult life. Fun runs are supposed to be five k's, but yeah, I, I get it, that. It, but how like does it change your mindset? Change it to a fun run midway through. Um, I don't know if that really makes a difference to a lot of people. Like Dan said, it was a qualifier for um, other races, or it, it gets you points towards marathons. Um, There's points? Yeah. It's like a uh, rapid and, reward system. I go to Giant, I can run a marathon? <laughs> kind of, yeah. Um, <laughs> so, so it may take that credit down a little yeah um but a lot of the people who are running this as a qualifier for other things um would have been done by 10 probably would have been done by then by 10 yeah. o'clock yeah I don't right i mean to put a finer point on that the people that are in better shape would have been done by then and the people that are more likely to be really negatively impacted by heat <laughs> still going to be running mm-hmm. but no see more. it there was a the, i i don't want to i don't want to make a point that it was like oh if you're in less shape you're going to be hit worse no if you didn't no matter what shape you're in what kind of running shape you're in if you didn't prep for a race day you're going to get hurt so rob what you're saying is that the fatties were still on the course and they no, were more likely to keel over one of my favorite tweets while looking I'm through out. this after we uh <laughs> after it started coming up there was and a- by the way R- rob was initially an army 10 miler truther he did not believe that <laughs> it was hitting the fan because his right. dad's group said it was fine. <laughs> God damn it! All those guys were like, "Hey, great run, little it was sloppy, a good one. Yeah. one of my favorite tweets was someone that identifies as being an MD in their Twitter handle, and it was like, "Enjoy seeing people of all training levels running this race. This great hashtag, lots of fun, something like that." And I was like, uh-huh. "Yeah, three quarters of those are probably <laughs> oh, passed yeah. out on the side." And right then it shit the bed exactly. Yeah. But, was so anybody I, else working the Marine Corps Marathon when uh, the um, the person dropped with a cardiac event, like, at the starting at the line? Start. Yeah. Yeah, Eric, I think yes. you and I were on a unit yeah. together that year. 
Was that the, um, that was the same year that the uh, the dude passed out while walking to the med tent and, and then right. the hot yes. nurse dropped his drawers and shoved a thermometer up his ass like in right up, four seconds. Right up the uh, right up the out exit. Yep. <laughs> and the the girlfriend was like, "I'm gonna I'm gonna go outside right now. I can't watch this." I'm glad I was always staffing the bridge. <laughs> yeah, you didn't want to be staffing the tunnel that year. Let me tell you. Yeah. Yeah, the, there was one year that Eric and I had the finish line, and that was entertainment beyond it was amazing what you want well then there was the one year that i did it with frank and uh dear listeners frank and i are not uh small individuals and so when we picked up a patient on the cart i had to run behind because the cart was too heavy and the wheels would ride down because it wasn't it didn't have a good um good suspension system so since frank was the driver he got to drive the utv i had the patient on there strapped on and i ran next to the patient holding them on frank do you remember that do you remember having to do i do because there was also the buses we had to go a shit ton out of our way to get around these buses while i'm yep. running behind because we're too goddamn big for the cart and a patient <laughs> oh, i forgot about that for a minute we'll God. save that for our war stories episode yeah coming up soon but anyways um so so I'm just fascinated by this whole thing that they changed the route, they turned it into a fun run. Uh, what all does that mean? Uh, I mean, so if you ran the 10-miler, let us know your thoughts on how you felt when it was changed to a fun run just before you finished um, and if that changed your philosophy on running. I just don't understand how changing it into, into a fun run changes my – if I've been training for a 10-miler, if that changes my philosophy. Again, not a runner, so I'm looking to the right side of my Skype screen to see what uh, Rob and Robin say, because the left side of us aren't really runners. I don't know if that, like, it did. It, it, I didn't do any research into it today to see if they, do, they still do awards <laughs> or anything. Yeah, as far I, as I can tell. And I don't think you, as a runner, you don't know it's been changed until you're yeah. done. Because from. Yeah. Personal experience, I'm not checking Twitter or Facebook as I'm oh, running Jesus through the course. You're not crazy. doing it right, Rob. It's because you're an old right. man, Rob. <laughs> these kids these days, they've got their they've got their running goggles with Snapchat. I'm periscoping the whole in. thing. Yeah. I don't have my Google Glass while I'm running. <laughs> oh, now you're really old. Google Glass isn't even a thing anymore. Come That's on. so three years ago. Jeez. God, they're not <laughs> even doing that anymore. But. <laughs> Anyways, so if you ran it, let us know your thoughts on that. I know this was a random way to end it, but it's something that kind of blew us up for a bit, and so we thought we'd put our uh, um, random thoughts within the uh, podcast verse as well. So uh, barring that, unless any of the dads have anything else, this has been an interesting episode. Sorry for the little tangent, but it was uh, entertaining for me. So I, 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 Sorry, I'm not sorry uh, if you don't like L- it. Little tangent. We were all over Eric, the Eric, stop. You're going to do one of your rambling things. Just end yeah, it. Yep, just stop. Ah. Just sign off. All right, we panic so you don't have to. Later. Done. Bye. <laughs> <laughs>